Welcome to the Gregory Diggout Podcast. I don't think there's another song written that could apply to 50 years ago when Marvin Gaye wrote that song, I think in 1970. And 50 years later, in 2020, mothers, there's too many of you crying. Brothers, there's too many of you dying. I mean, think about the lyrics to this song, gang. Um, you know we've got to find a way to bring some love in here today. Hey, there's a problem that this song was written 50 years ago, and it could have been written today and still be the same. Now, obviously, he was singing about um, the, the war in Vietnam, and, and, but he was singing about the streets, too. That's what's going on in the streets. We had, um, how many killings did we have in uh, Chicago this weekend? I think it was like 14. 14, 14 lives that mattered. And um, I don't know who they were. Maybe they were all black. Maybe they were mixed. I have no idea. But um, listen to these lyrics. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love in here today. Father, Father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the answer, for only love can conquer hate. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love in here today. Picket lines and picket signs, don't punish me with brutality. Hey, wow, don't punish me with brutality. That's, that, that's, what, that's what we watched. That's what we witnessed one week ago. Um... In the meantime, right on baby, right on brother, right on babe, mother, mother, everybody thinks we're wrong. Oh, but who are they to judge us simply because our hair is long? Oh, you know, we've got to find a way to bring some understanding here today. So first he says, this is just me dissecting a song like I dissect the scriptures. So, so you'll just have to, you know, just understand my style. Um, but, um, you know, he starts out saying, We've got to find a way to bring some love in here today. And then he does says that twice. And then he says, we got to, you know, we've got to find a way to bring some understanding here today. So we're lacking some understanding in our, in our country, in our world. If 50 years later, we're still basically singing the same song. Um, it's a classic. It's, um, it's still true today. I've been, I've been, listening to this song, what's going on, just, you know, because people have been asking me, you know, when are you going to come out of quarantine? And I said, as soon as Marvin Gaye finds out what's going on. And uh, <laughs> we have got to figure this out, people. And love is the answer. I mean, it sounds trite. It sounds too easy. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And um, so anyway, this is one of the songs I've been listening to and uh, and singing lately, last few days, as well as uh, Bill Withers, Lean On Me. Um, we all need somebody to lean on, right? And, um, you know, I want to read to you, do you have um, Joseph's, uh, do you have that? I can read that. So my son wrote this, um, his Instagram live, or Instagram story. Um, I won't be able to read it because it's so small, but um, 
Go ahead. Can you yeah. open that up a little bit? So anyway, he's, he's probably not listening, so I won't embarrass him. But um, if he is, I'm just going to honor him because he wrote something very powerful, moved me deeply. Listen to this. At first, I was trying to understand who he was talking about, and then I realized this is our church. <laughs> so Joseph Dickow, follow him on, um, on Instagram. Uh, I was raised in an international church where everyone loves everyone, no matter what. My best friends were literally black, Asian, and Hispanic. Our crew was the crew to be in. And, um, sorry, we ran the church streets together. <laughs> we were the leaders of our Sunday school class when they were little kids. Um, we never questioned why we looked different. We never questioned why we looked different from each other. We just loved each other because we knew that to be the normal. Well, guess what? He goes on to say, that is God's normal. That's God's heart. Unity in diversity. We complement each other through our diverse styles, cultures, upbringings, unique features. We actually are meant to glorify God and his creation because everything he makes is beautiful and intentionally made with design. Everything he makes is a reflection of him. We were made in his image. Wow, that's, that's powerful. That's right, Sandra S.G. That's your worship preacher. <laughs> um, you know, I was telling my kids the other day, that, um, like, I, I'm st I still dream, I still believe for greater things, God to do greater things in my life, because he's always, uh, he's always outdoing himself, right? But I can't outdo kids that think like that. That's the greatest testimony to um, his mother, his family, his upbringing, his, his um, church, that's, um, that's what it's all about. You know the best thing you can do, parents? For how, how many out there? Raise your hand if you're a parent. I see you. But uh, if you're a parent, um, the best thing you can do in this world, the best thing you can do for this world, is to give it, to give this world better people than yourself. To give this world better people than yourself. By the way, if you want to read that quote again, you can go to um, Joseph Dickow's uh, Instagram. Is it Joseph Dickow? Yeah. At Joseph Dickow. Mm -hmm. It's pretty simple. Same, same last name as mine. And uh, Joseph from the Bible, first name, <laughs> in case you're wondering. Um, but um, it's powerful. And so when I think about that, when I think about this song, what's going on, I think about what's happening in the world and things haven't... Uh, I get discouraged when I see things haven't really change that much in the lyrics of what's going on. But at the same time, things haven't changed much in the lyrics of Lean On Me. Because you just, if you need a friend, be a friend. And um, I tell you this, that um, if we 
what encourages me is having children is a chance. Having children, if you guys have children watching, having children is your best next chance to make this a better world. You know, people have asked me for years when they, I used to do a, an hour-long radio show called Ask the Pastor Every Day Live. Maybe that's why I've fallen into the habit of talking so long on these uh, daily breads. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, people used to ask me this question about blended families. Like if somebody had been divorced and then they married somebody that had kids or they had kids. So they're bringing kids into the relationship. And how to prioritize somebody else's kids in your relationship. And I got, some, I got some crap for this, but I don't care. I mean, maybe I cared a little then when I was um, a little younger. <laughs> I say. Anyway, um, so my answer would be, it's all about who came first. Like, when you, when you marry somebody and your children, you have children with that person, well, the spouse came first, so you need to make sure that's a priority and then raise your children in the way they should go. But when your kids came first and then a new marriage came, your kids are the priority because they came first. You're responsible for them first, your kids. So whenever people... Um, factor children and starting a new family with other children from a previous marriage or relationship, you have to be sure that you understand your priorities. Your priorities are whoever came first. And so if that marriage if, child, if your kids are a threat to that new spouse, that, ain't, that ought not to be your new spouse. If your kids are, you know, considered nu nuisance, nuisances to that new spouse, that person ought not be your new spouse because your kids are your priority when you bring them into a new relationship. Because who knows if that relationship is going to continue? Who knows when that relationship is going to end? Not saying that that you don't have all the right intentions, but... When people ask me about the priorities, that's how I, that's how I explain it to them. So, um, and I also believe that you got to look at what, um, what, what did you contribute to a failed relationship? Because unless you have self-awareness and the emotional intelligence to assess yourself so that no one need assess you, you need to ask yourself, what did I bring into this? What did I do in this relationship that I could have changed? I could have improved. Where did I fail? Not, not in a way to beat yourself up, but in a way to assess yourself so that you can be prepared for a healthier relationship. Um, so I just pray that, that we, um, that we don't, that we look back 50 years from now on Marvin Gaye's song, What's Going On. I pray that we look back 50 years from now and say, wow, we've come a long way, baby. <laughs> right? I hope that we say that. I hope we can say that. 
We can't say that now because we haven't come a long way. But what gives me hope is the next generation. But parents, the next generation doesn't raise itself. The next generation needs guidance. The next generation needs direction. The next generation needs love, and but needs boundaries. The next generation, like people are asking, oh, what's, you know, why are those kids out there protesting? Where, where are their kids? Protesting is fine. Protesting with peace is great. It's beautiful. It's just not with violence, right? And, and look, we are um, hopefully, hopefully, because of social media, because of the modern technology in the world today, hopefully we're finally going to wake up to the racism that has existed in our world and the, and the, the, the domineering, the domination of others, the domineering, like God told us to take dominion in Genesis chapter one. He told us to take dominion but he didn't tell us to take dominion over people. He told us to take dominion over ourselves, take dominion over the, the world, take, not take dominion over people. Take dominion over um, your emotions. Take dominion over your attitude. Take dominion over your anger. Take dominion over your finances. Take dominion over your body. Take dominion over your thought life. That's, that's how we've got to, that's how we got to roll. That's what dominion is for. Dominion is not given to us by God to dominate another human being. That's oppression, to dominate another human being, to take away. Oppression, I've been saying this definition for oppression, that Jesus was, was um, being anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. Uh, Acts 10.38, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. So oppression is from the devil, number one. Number two, it's only the Holy Spirit working in us that's going to that's gonna deal a death blow to, um, to oppression. The Holy Spirit is the equalizer of all mankind. That's why he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All flesh includes white flesh, black flesh, uh, Asian flesh, Hispanic flesh, Russian flesh, <laughs> all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. That's boys and girls, men and women. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That's young and old and everything in between. Upon your, my handmaidens and, and, um, and bond servants, that's people that are, that are put in positions that they may not have chosen for themselves. God says, I'll pour out my spirit on them too. One of the, one of the, you know, I, I think the, the celebrating unity with diversity, celebrating diversity with unity is what I'm about. It's what our church is about. It's what everybody should be about. We should celebrate uh, our differences and celebrate our diversity, but we should, um, we should, with all our heart, we should reject division. Reject being divided by color, politics, social economic status, college, education or no education, white collar, blue collar. That's just nonsense. God made one race called the human race. 
and then there's many varieties of the human race, many nations, many cultures, many um, different people's group, people groups. That's God's idea. Diversity is God's idea. Unity with diversity. For there the Lord commands the blessing, Psalm 133, right? So um, I know that George Floyd was saying, don't punish me with brutality, like Marvin Gaye sang in 1970. Don't punish me with brutality. Hate has got to end, but it only, and it only ends with love. It only, the only thing that, that ends hate is love. Government doesn't end hate. Political parties don't end hate. Um, getting ahead of somebody else doesn't end hate. Love casts out fear and hate comes from fear. It's the fear that somebody's more important than you so you get rid of them. That's um, The Bible says when you hate your brother, you're committing murder. Jesus said if you hate somebody, you're committing murder. So what are we doing in this in this season of our lives. Some, some states are more open in business than others. Some are getting shut down and curfewed because um, people are rioting. And if you're out there and you think that that's, that's okay, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't hold it against you. I don't hold anything. I have no right to hold anything against anyone, but I, I really think we can solve it in nonviolent ways. Hate only ends where love begins. And Jesus said, this is how all the world will know you're my disciples, by your love for one another. By your love for one another. So you can only love others when you love yourself, and you can only love yourself when you know that God loves you, when you feel the love that God has for you. All right, um, so let's keep marching towards love. Let's keep marching with love. Let's keep walking in the love of God. You don't have to muster up the love. You have to receive the love from God. He said, love one another even as I have loved you. Love one another even as I loved you. Wow. So Jesus doesn't expect us to love one another without having something to draw from and reference from, and that is his love for us. We love, 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. God is love. I think I wrote um, on my page today um, the verse from 1 John 4, 7 through 10. Let me read it to you real quick in the Message Bible. I think, it, I think it's really powerful there. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love 
doesn't know the first thing about God. Wow. Because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. Or if you don't love, it's proof that you don't know him. You know some figment of your imagination about God, but you don't know the real God because God is love. He says, this is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This, this is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. And can I say, when Jesus clears away our sins, he cleared away our sins 2,000 years ago on the cross. When he cleared away our sins to clear away the damage that our sins had done in our relationship with God, it clears away the damage that's been done in our relationships with one another as well. So we really need to get back to we who have been forgiven much, we have the power to love much. You don't have the power to love much if you don't realize you've been forgiven much. If you realize you've been forgiven much, you will love much. Uh, Luke 7.47, Jesus said, she loves much because she's been forgiven much. You Pharisees, you don't love much because you haven't been, you've been forgiven little, therefore you love little. It's not that they didn't need less forgiveness. It's not that they, they, they needed le less forgiveness than she did. It's that they, they didn't think they needed as much forgiveness as she did. They didn't think they needed forgiveness at all. But some Christians think that they're better than others. And nobody's better than anybody. We're all part of the human race. And we're all, when we're born again, sons and daughters of God. There are no separations. There are no barriers anymore. Jesus tore down the walls of division so that we could live a life of love. And it's not unrealistic. I was, a, I was a person filled with hate when I was young and only God's love changed me. Only God's love changed me. I didn't start loving people when they started loving me. I started loving people when I believed that God loved me and I felt confident in his love for me. It made, made it easy for me. It came very natural to me to forgive people, to love people, because I need just as I needed as much forgiveness as probably more than most. When he saved me, he saved the worst first. That's what I would tell my relatives. When he saved me, he saved the worst first. I'm not I'm I'm sure I sucked at at helping them to understand God. I just went and was bold and brash and you know zealous without compassion or wisdom. And um and so that it was hard for them to receive that. But it's not hard to receive it now because I got no other agenda but love. So next time I see you guys, I got nothing but love for you. Next time we meet in person, I got nothing but love for you. Next time we meet tomorrow online, I got nothing but love for you. Let's have nothing but love to give others. Let's give God our daggers of hate. Give God, lay down. Let's, in fact, you can hold all your weapons if you have any. Um, emotional weapons towards others. Hold them, all, hold them, hold on to them as long as you want to. But, but, open your hands up to receive the love, the forgiveness, the kindness that God has for you, and that kindness will make you drop your weapons towards others. 
And there's a lot of pain in the world. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And the next, the very next thing that God anointed, that the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus to do was heal the brokenhearted. So I'm going to pray for broken hearts today. And then, and then tomorrow we'll, um, well, I'll start this and, and, and end with this. Day one of 30 days of blessing. It's really short. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Jeremiah 31, verse 3. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. By the way, you can get this book as my gift to you by going to gregorydickow.com slash blessing. gregorydickow.com slash blessing. And let me uh, read this scripture to you in the Message Bible. It's amazing. It's amazing. This translation. I thank God for Eugene Peterson. I don't know what you think about him, but if I can end my life with a, with a version of, of God's, with my own translation of God's word, it'd be the love story. I'd probably call it that, the love story, because it's all about love. Jeremiah 31, verse 3, verse 2 through 6 in the Message Bible. This is the way God put it. They found grace in the desert, these people who survived the killings. Israel, out of looking out looking for a place to rest, met God who was looking for them. Wow, God found us. We didn't find him. God told them, I'll, I've never quit loving you, and I never will. I've never quit loving you, and I never will. Expect love. Love and more love. And um, what this book is, it has a scripture, one, 30 blessings, one blessing per day, and what the blessing is, and then a spoken blessing, then something that you can speak over it. So let's declare this together. Say, the Father's love for me. Say that out loud as we close. Say, the Father's love for me is everlasting and unconditional. Say that out loud. The Father's love for me is everlasting and unconditional. He's never quit loving me, and he never will. I expect love, love, and more love. There's nothing I can do to stop him from loving me, and that's what draws me to him and his will and his purpose for my life. Yesterday, I prayed for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Today, I'm going to pray for the love of God to heal your heart because Jesus came to heal the broken heart. Once he gets you born again, his next mission is to heal your broken heart. Father, I thank you for every person whose their heart has been broken by the racial tension. Their heart has been broken by what they've seen. This, this man, this child of God, this loving man that was murdered. On t we saw it all. We all saw it. Our hearts are broken over that. Our hearts have, have been broken because of our mistakes. Our hearts are broken because of what somebody has done to us, the abuse that you've endured, the, the abuse somebody has endured watching this right now. God took that abuse and nailed it to the cross. I speak healing over your broken heart. I speak restoration over your broken heart. While you're out looking for God, while you're out looking for healing, he's going to find you. 
He's looking for you to touch you, to heal you. I declare the gift of healing is coming to your heart. From healing from betrayal, healing from rejection, healing from somebody breaking their promise, healing from your failures. Failure broke your heart. Betrayal broke your heart. Somebody not keeping their promise broke your heart. Rejection has broke your heart. I declare healing flows. Jesus, the healer, heals every heart, heals your heart right now in Jesus' name. Now listen, what do we do after we prayed? Expect love, love, and more love. God bless you guys. See you tomorrow or, or whenever we meet again. I hope it's sooner rather than later, including tomorrow. God bless. <laughs>